This is 105.9 The Region, and you're listening to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Your content, unfiltered. This is Discovery. This is Mental Health Moments, the podcast dedicated to breaking down barriers and sharing your stories. Brought to you by 105.9 The Region. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Mental Health Moments, hosted by yours truly, Phil McCabe, and brought to you by 105.9 The Region. Before we get into today's show, did you know that Discovery, the wonderful program that hosts this podcast and Mental Health Moments, is on all major podcast platforms? It's true. You can get it on Audible, Spotify, Google Play, Apple, really wherever you get your podcasts, you can also get this show. It's true. Check it out. All right, kids, let's get into it. Merriam-Webster defines mental illnesses as any of a broad range of medical conditions such as major depression, schizophrenia, obsessive-compulsive disorder, or panic disorder that are marked primarily by sufficient disorganization of personality, mind, or emotions to impair normal psychological functioning and cause marked distress or disability that are typically associated with the disruption in normal thinking, feeling, mood, behavior, interpersonal interactions, and or daily functioning. All that to say, that is the definition of mental illnesses, and I wanted to lead off with that for a variety of reasons. And the first and foremost, I wanted to sound smart, and all of those words are kind of big, so it made me feel smart. But more importantly, I wanted to give the clinical definition because me personally, I don't like to use the phrase mental illness, in part because I feel that it stigmatizes those that are dealing with things like depression or schizophrenia. These people are not sick or ill, They have mental challenges. Today, I want to dedicate this episode to my late Uncle Pierre. He passed away unexpectedly just about a year ago. Unfortunately, he collapsed one day in the street and Mother Nature, the universe, God, who or whatever it was, took him away from us. This is not an episode about death, although yes, that is a huge player in the mental health world. This is an episode about mental illnesses, or as I call them, mental challenges. This week I'm going to talk to you about mental illnesses, bipolar disorder in particular. My Uncle Pierre lived with it. For those of you that are unaware, bipolar is a mental health challenge that leads to one's brain cycling through bouts of depression and mania. What does mania mean, you ask? Well, thank you for asking. Looking at the always useful Merriam-Webster dictionary again, mania is designed as excitement manifested by mental and physical hyperactivity, disorganization of behavior, and elevation of mood. Using that definition as a jumping off point, for my uncle, the manic behavior was often very out there, plans and ideas that made perfect sense to him, even if they were rife with problems. My parents understandably kept me on a need-to-know basis when it came to his manic episodes, especially when they reached a point that he was in need of treatment. Out of respect for his legacy, I don't wish to delve into that beyond saying that it happened. What's that old saying? There's a fine line between genius and insanity? According to an article published on psychologytoday.com, Dr. Craig Wright thinks that that idea goes as far back as ancient Greece. I personally thought that that was a relatively modern idea, but Dr. Craig Wright disagrees. Dr. Wright says that while researching his book, The Hidden Habits of a Genius, he examined the likes of Van Gogh, who famously removed his own ear and presented it to a woman at a brothel. Dr. Wright suggested that Van Gogh's perceived instability was reflected in his art. When thinking about Van Gogh cutting off his own ear and trying to give it to someone with a modern lens, that story would be met with troves of incendiary comments and talk of insanity. But look at his paintings. You don't see insanity. You see genius. 
Pushing a bit further forward in history to a current, quote, eccentric person, Kanye West is that. It was not that long ago that he had a very public episode going as far as pleading with Jay-Z to not have him assassinated while on stage at his own concert. Hey, bro, Jay-Z, I know you got killers. Please don't sit about my head. Just call me. Talk to me like a man. And you wake up, you still can't believe it. You know why? Because you was lying to my Google. You was lying to my Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg, you want to call me now? Do I got the fish in Mark Zuckerberg? Was you wrong? When I said I was $53 million in debt and you didn't call me? Whatever may have been going on in their respective minds does not diminish the genius that is also coming from that mind. Now, my Uncle Pierre never had paintings hung in museums or produced multi-platinum selling albums, but I would, without a doubt, put him in the category of eccentric and challenged genius. Despite being diagnosed with bipolar disorder, this man had one of the brightest minds I've ever seen. Us McCabe's, his relatives, all pride ourselves on being pretty quick-witted and funny, which, as a side note, often this wit is a defense mechanism protecting against our insecurities. But back to my Uncle Pete. His family was and is pretty damn funny, but he was always the funniest of all of us, and he was always the quickest to get there. Growing up watching him tell jokes, it was like he was a step ahead and like he knew the joke was coming and how to land it perfectly. According to my dad, Pete's older brother, it was not just in comedy. He was always hyper-intelligent, and it was obvious that he was smarter than those around him. Pete was a lot of things, but he was never ill. He was born with a brain that presented him with as many gifts as it did challenges. As I've done in the past, I will again today advocate for differentiating between weakness and mental health struggles. When I think of weakness, either physically or mentally, it is someone that lacks the strength to be the best version of themselves because of their challenges. Strength to me is being the best version of yourself in spite of those challenges. Bipolar is a big hurdle to overcome, and throughout his life, it got the best of him. But it was never the end of him that never stopped him from living his life and being the guy that we all loved. In preparation for this podcast, I researched if there was any guidebooks out there to help people with bipolar disorder or the families of those diagnosed, and I found one. Authored by the Canadian Network for Mood and Anxiety Treatments and the International Society of Bipolar Disorders, there is a guide. You can find it on camh.ca. That's C-A-M-H C-A-M-H.ca. You'll find the literal definition of bipolar, which takes the Merriam-Webster definition and makes it more conversational. Again, explaining that people with this, this disorder experience intense episodes of depression and mania. Looking at this guide, I found a stat that I found absolutely staggering, and you might too. One in 100 adults will be diagnosed with bipolar disorder type 1. What is type 1, you ask? Well, people with type 1 bipolar experience more intense bouts of mania and depression, whereas type 2 diagnoses experience hypomania and periods of depression without ever reaching a state of full-fledged mania. Now, what is hypomania, you ask? It is when a person with bipolar disorder is in an elevated state with the symptoms of mania being less intense. Quite often, bipolar individuals can function regularly if they are diagnosed with type 2 bipolar disorder. 
As I said a little bit ago, 1 in 100 adults will be diagnosed with type 1. And although I'm not suggesting that we all sound the alarm and that we all panic, I do think that it's important to understand and look out for these symptoms in your loved ones and even in ourselves. You've heard me reference periods of mania and depression, and those are the biggest symptoms. But it is important to distinguish between those and that of normal mood swings. For my uncle Pierre, the mania often manifested itself as him creating these cockamamie schemes and ideas that somehow were going to be life-changing for him and those around him, that somehow this next big idea was going to be the big one, that it was going to change his life. More often than not, even when presented with evidence to the contrary that this plan was rife with problems, he would ignore the evidence because those telling him just didn't understand how it was going to work, and they just didn't get it. They didn't get him. When in the depression part of bipolar, my Uncle Pierre would ext- would have extended periods of time of being and feeling the lowest a human can feel. But unlike people without bipolar disorder, he would stay in those uh, periods of low, whereas people outside of the diagnosis often are able to move themselves out of it pretty easily and lift themselves up again. If you're ever looking for a Hollywood representation of bipolar disorder type 1, the show Shameless beautifully represented it, I believe. Obviously, it's a TV show, so it's dramatized, but I believe the season in which the character Ian develops, or is diagnosed, rather, with bipolar disorder is a very good representation of what it looks like in both the states of mania and the states of depression. But... Going back to things to look out for, while in a manic state of mind, people with bipolar will typically have a reduced need for sleep, have too many thoughts, and speak rapidly, and will engage in uncharacteristic, risky behavior, whether that be spending in excess and buying a whole bunch when they normally are pretty good with their money, risky sexual behavior, or things you just wouldn't see them typically do they are now all into, they're leaning really hard into out of the blue. From a depression standpoint, some of the symptoms include a feeling of worthlessness or guilt, no longer taking joy in the things that once brought them happiness, sleeping too much or too little, and feeling slow in both mind and body. Again, my laying this all out is not to be alarmist, but rather to shed some light on a disorder that greatly impacted my late Uncle Pierre. If you believe that you or your loved ones may have bipolar disorder, it doesn't hurt to reach out to your family doctor or organizations like the Canadian Association of Mental Health and the Canadian Network for Mood and Anxiety Treatment. Until next time, you are loved. Let's get lost tonight. You could be my black Kate Moss tonight. Play secretary on the ball tonight. And you don't give a f- what they all say, right? Awesome, the Christian and Christian Dior. They don't make them like this anymore. I ask, cause I'm not sure. Do anybody make real s- anymore? Bow in the presence of greatness. Right now, that has forsaken us. 
You should be honored by my lateness That I would even show up to this place So go ahead, go nuts, go ace Especially in my pastel on my face Act like you can't tell who made this new gospel Homie, take six and take this Haters That, 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 that don't kill me Can only make me stronger I need you to hurry up now Cause I can't wait much longer I know I got to be right now Cause I can't get much stronger that's how long I've been on ya I don't know if you get a man or not If you made plans or not Put me in your plans or not I'm tripping this drink Got me saying a lot But I know that God Put you in front of me So how the Should you front on me It's a thousand years It's only one of me I'm tripping I'm caught up in a moment Right Cause it's Louis Vuitton Dying night So we gonna do everything The kind like Heard they do anything For a Well I'll do anything For a blind And she'll do anything For the limelight And we'll do anything When the time's right Uh Baby you're making it Oh. That, 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 that don't kill me Can only make me stronger I need you to hurry up now Cause I can't wait much longer I know I got to be right now Cause I can't get much stronger Man, I've been waiting all night now That's how long I've been on ya Like I never told ya. Don't act like I told ya. Uh. Don't act like I told ya. Don't act like I told ya. Don't act like I told ya. Uh. Baby, you're making it faster, stronger. That, 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 that don't kill me. Can only make me stronger. I need you to hurry up now. Cause I can't wait much longer. You know how long I've been on ya Since princes don't act for lonia Since OJ had isotoners Don't act like I never told ya if you or someone you love is struggling with mental health concerns, contact a local agency near you. This has been Mental Health Moments, brought to you by 105.9 The Region. Do you have an idea or a podcast to share? Send it to us here at Discovery, the radio show for podcasters on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to New Music on the Region, an interview-based podcast that showcases new music and provides industry insight. I'm your host, Christina Lavecchia, music director at 105.9 The Region. 
Radio is one of the most trusted and widely used media. Throughout the years, radio has been our source of information and entertainment. It's where many of us have formed unique personal connections with the songs we've heard and the voice on the other side of the mic. My guest this episode is Toronto's own Danny Marks, who is a broadcaster and musician. And he knows the power of radio very well. Danny is celebrating radio's enduring influence with his new single, Man on the Radio. Take my hand, understand, I'm a man on the radio. You're just in time for the show, I wouldn't start without you. Hi, Danny. Thank you for joining me on New Music on the Region podcast. Great to be here, Christina, on the phone, and uh, it's just super to connect this way. Your love for music and radio came at a young age. How did that love for connecting with audiences on the stage and on the radio start for you? Well, you know, I think that radio is in my blood because my dad was a huge radio fan. He told me that when he was a little kid, he built a thing called a crystal set, and he used to listen to Cab Calloway in the Cotton Club, I think it was called. And they were playing all that crazy boogie-woogie, and that really got my father going. You know, he was born a long time ago. He's not around anymore. But he was born in 1915. So he was just there when radio really caught on. And I have a feeling he also used to listen to the Grand Old Opry, because Dad started to play the harmonica, and he played kind of like a hillbilly style sometimes. And other times he played a lot of jazz. So I loved that my father was passionate about radio. And then my older brother came along, and he was into rhythm and blues and going down to the States and getting the uh, the 45 RPM records. And he also listened to the radio a lot, and we had great, in those days, I think it was top 50. And I used to get a transistor radio, stick it under my pillow, and listen to Cousin Brucey on WABC. And one night I heard him say, we got a new single from the Beatles, and it's called I Feel Fine. And it just charged me up. You know, and nobody knew I was listening because I had it under my pillow. Mm -hmm. So I loved hearing the radio, and I dreamed about being the man on the radio as a little boy. It just seemed to be such an appealing, such a beautiful medium. It's like very personal, and, uh, and yet it goes around the world. That dream certainly came true because you had musical success in Canada and the U.S. as a founding member of the 60s and 70s pop rock band Edward Bear. And our listeners, I'm sure, remember the hit You, Me in Mexico. How was that time for you? Well, it was just amazing because we followed the Beatles and we followed the Stones and all that great music that came out in the 60s. And, you know, when I was a little boy, I loved Louis Armstrong, I loved Elvis Presley, and I loved Dwayne Eddy, and it sort of went on and on and on. And then I decided I really want to play the guitar. I think this is a great thing to do. And because the guitar was the instrument of the 20th century. And the next thing I knew, I was thinking about leaving school, and I joined a band, and I went down to a place called Yorkville, which isn't the high uh, rodeo drive type place it is today. That's where all the hippies went. And I joined a band, and we worked, and we worked, and we worked, and uh, we played in coffee houses. And then one time, a fellow from Capitol Records, the same guy who knew the Beatles were going to be big in North America, even before the Americans, and this fellow's name was Paul White. He discovered Edward Bear playing, and another man named Richie York, who was a friend of John and Yoko's and Led Zeppelin and everyone, a famous journalist, 
he sort of took up our cause. And the next thing we knew, we were making albums. We were growing our hair. We were on tour. We played at the Whiskey A Go-Go. We opened for Badfinger, and, and we opened for Led Zeppelin twice, and Paul Butterfield, and a whole bunch of other bands, uh, Humble Pie, and and it just we just got to be a huge success. And You and Me in Mexico was a big hit single that we had. But I was a little disturbed because I thought I was a blues musician, and here we had a big pop hit. And I said, guys, we better put out a heavy-sounding record, and let's get on with it. And we did, but it, it only went up to number 16 in the charts. I wrote it, but it was top 20, but it wasn't top 10. So eventually I had to leave Edward Bear. I thought, you know, they had a future in, in pop music, and almost bubblegum, you could say. Not, not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, but uh, I felt I had a future more in the blues and, and rhythm and blues field. And it turns out I believe I was right. You were because Danny is a recipient of the Toronto Blues Society Blues with a Feeling Award for Lifetime Achievement in Music and Broadcast. In 1987, you got your first radio gig. How was that transition for you from the stage to behind a radio mic? Great question, Christina. It was incredible. Do you know how you'll have a phone call or you'll have a contact from someone and just the sound of their name resonates with you and you go, I have a feeling about this person. I have a feeling that this person's going to really make a change in my life. And that man's name was David Malahoff, David J. Malahoff. And he was representing a man who has since passed away, Arthur Black, who had a wonderful Saturday morning radio program called Basic Black. And David asked me to come in and be a guest on that program. And I did a bit where I played a whole bunch of TV themes on my guitar and made him name them. And this is, of course, before the Internet, so you couldn't Google stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, it was a hit. And then I, it went on from there. I had, a, I had a career with the network, and it was great. And I really loved it. And then Arthur Black retired. He moved out to the West Coast. And then I got a call from an, another radio place, and they said, come over here. And I've been here for 25 years almost. When connecting with audiences on the radio compared to live on stage, is it different for you? It's beautiful. Because you're in a room by yourself, and you're speaking into a microphone. It's very, very private, and you know that it's going anywhere in the world, especially these days on the Internet. But I'll tell you what I think the biggest difference is. Uh, one time I was in a movie, and I watched Omar Sharif at work, and it didn't seem like he was barely doing anything on his face. But when I saw through the camera what the camera saw, I realized he was acting for the big screen. And that's a lot of what we have to do on radio. We don't have to shout it for the back of the room because we're not in a theater. We're in a microphone. And that microphone is broadcasting right into people's ears. And all we have to do is make a subtle inflection of our voice and they can hear the love. It's a beautiful thing. Your song, Man on the Radio, is out. You had a lot of inspiration for the track. Why was now the right time for you to write and release it? Well... I think it was because I was looking into myself and saying, I need to write something that's true to who I am. And I would always get, you know how people always say, oh, you're the man, you're the man. And I'd say, you know, I am a man, I'm not the man. And one day I decided, you know, why should I still protest this? I think I'm just going to accept, this is what people say, I'm the man. But what am I? I'm the man on the radio. Excellent. And what does the man on the radio do? He connects one-on-one. That's how it's done. And 
you know, you're person to person with every single listener out there. And, and so it just seemed like that song was telling my personal truth. And this, this is the time to do that. So now I have to follow it up with something else that's true. And I think I should write about love because love is a, is there universal for everyone and it's not easy to hold on. And so that's going to be the next topic. Where can listeners get their copy of Man on the Radio? Well, as far as I can tell right now, Christina, it's available on all kinds of platforms online uh, that people usually get their music from. I don't know that it's on Spotify, but I know that it's uh, it's on YouTube, for instance. And, you know, I'm not as concerned about actually people selling it. I just want people to hear it. So all you got to do is look for Man on the Radio by Danny Marks, and you can listen to it all you want and watch a beautiful little video that was made about the song. And uh, that's where I would send people. Because, you know, it's not so much about making the money uh, from it, because there's not a lot of money to be made when there's no physical product anymore. I just want to get the message out there and and have people feel a little bit more love for each other. And I think I think there's a lot of love in the grooves of that song. And to get more information on Danny and his future releases, and to hear Man on the Radio and watch the music video for it, you could head on over to his website, which is dannym.com. It was a pleasure speaking with you, Danny. Thank you for taking the time. Oh, my pleasure, Christina. Thank you. This is Man on the Radio by Danny Marks. You're listening to New Music on the Region podcast. Take my hand, understand, I'm a man on the radio. You're just in time for the show, I wouldn't start without you.
Discovery, the radio show for podcasters, exclusive to 105.9 The Region. Expand your audience and extend your reach. Send us your podcast, info at 1059theregion.com.